0: If you would turn in the scripture to Romans, the 12th chapter this evening, hold up your hand if you didn't bring a Bible with you. Our ushers have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's everybody go to Romans chapter 12 and 2. Romans twelve two says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me read some other translations to you. The New Living says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Let God transform you. Into a new person. Do you need to be transformed. Into a new person. Or are you perfect. Just like you are. Right now. <laughs> I see some people. Look puzzled about that. Let me, let me help you. Yeah you need to change. You have not arrived. <laughs> In fact. You need to change a lot. Look at your neighbor, help them out and say, you need to change. A lot. <laughs> now, what is your response to that? huh? Now, if you don't need to change a lot, that means as you sit here tonight, you have already arrived at Christ-like perfection. And if that is not the case, then you need to change. <laughs> A lot. (laughs) How are you going to be changed into a different person? How? Now, see, this is where a lot of folks have gotten off track. They said, well, I'm going to be changed into a different person by people laying hands on me. Or by praying and fasting. Or by numbers of other things that are good in their own right. But if that had been the main way to change you into a different person, that's what he'd have said. He would have said that you're going to be transformed by praying. You're going to be transformed by people laying hands on you. He could have said that. He didn't say that because that is not the main thing that's going to change you and I into different people. What's going to change us? The renewing of our minds. Does something need to happen to our minds yes. after we're born again? Yes. You see, when you got born again, Scripture says that old things were passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's not talking, obviously, about your body. Because if you... Had uh, gray hair before you were born again. You had gray hair the next day. Or no hair. or, Or wrinkles. Or long nose. Or short nose. Or blue eyes. Or brown eyes. Right? You didn't get a new body. That's not what became new. And if you acknowledge it. You didn't get a new mind. It was your spirit. That was recreated. And upon being born again then we're told, now you need to do something with your mind. And you need to control your body. I think this has been a source of confusion because some have thought, and sometimes it was because preachers left the wrong impression, that I'm just going to go down to the altar and I'm going to get saved, and I'm never going to have any problems again. (laughs) I see a bunch of people shaking their heads (laughs) because you found out that just wasn't the case. You found out you had the same flesh. The next day, you could be tempted with some of the same temptations. You remembered you had the same mind, the same memories. And that has not been clear enough. The difference is now you are not estranged and separated from God. You are not dead. You are alive spiritually. And now you do not have to be the servant of sin. Now the greater one is living inside you. And you have the power to control your mind, to control your mouth, to control your desires, your feelings. You've got the power in you as a child of God to decide. Yes, thank you, that makes all the difference. Now, you're not, you're no longer a victim. That's right. You're no longer a weakling. You're more than a conqueror Hallelujah. in him. Now, whether you act like it or not, it's another thing. But you are. There are no... Defeated ones born into the kingdom of God. We're all born into the kingdom of God. Into his own likeness and image. Just like him. And how know the master is not a defeated one. He is. And we're in him. And he's in us. His victory is our victory. And the same spirit that he walked in on the earth. We now have. same, Exactly the same Holy Spirit. Now, uh. The word conformed here, said don't be conformed to this world, means to fashion alike, to conform to the same pattern. And being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that means changing in to another form. And the key word here is change. We actually get our word from the word used here, transform. Uh, We get our word morph or metamorphosis from the Greek word here. And it basically means change. But it doesn't mean change slightly. It means change into something else. Like a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. This is after you're born again. Can you change into a completely different person after you've been born again for five years, ten years? Who's he writing to in the book of Romans? Go back to the first chapter. Chapter 1, verse 1, Romans 1, 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God. Verse 2, which he had promised before. Verse 3, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 4, declared him to be the son of God. Keep going. You know where we're headed. It's verse 8, isn't it? 7 or 8. 7, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, what? Called Now, to be is added by the translators. Called saints. Is he writing to sinners or saints? Saints. Saved or lost people? He's writing to Christians. Mm -hmm. So, 12 chapters in, what does he tell people that have already been born again? That they can be changed into different people. By the renewing of their minds. Thank God for the new birth. But that's not the end of change in our life. Thanks be unto God. Go with me over to. You're right there in Romans 12. Go back to the 8th chapter while we're here. And then we'll go over to Philippians 4 I think. Romans chapter 8. And verse 4. Romans 8 and verse 4. It says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now there's a lot of murkiness, confusion about being spiritual versus being fleshy. And when you talk about being in the Spirit or being spiritual, So many Christians just really have a very vague notion of what that might be or have concocted some of their own ideas of what it is. But notice what he's talking about, walking not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do what? Mind. Mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the Spirit. What's involved in being fleshy versus being spiritual? What you mind. Another way of saying that is what you think on. And verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. And he could have said a lot of other words. He could have said joy. He could have said this. He could have said, what did he say though? Peace peace and we're going to get some into this tonight Thank you. does it matter what you and I think on yes. how much does it matter according to this thinking on the wrong thing ministers death to you is that true yes. friend I want you to know there are dangerous thoughts Deadly, deadly thoughts. If people were enlightened and aware to what was going on, when the very beginning of that thought approached their mind, they would holler. They would say, I rebuke that. They would cast it down because it is as deadly as a rattlesnake in your chair, as poison in your food, as a 45 barrel against your head. I know that may sound like an exaggeration, but did I read the scripture just now? Yes. What did it say? Challenges, problems, hardship. It said death, death, death. There are deadly thoughts, dangerous thoughts. They can come to you right in the middle of a service like this. They can come to you at home, laying across your bed. They can come to you riding down the road in your car. They can come to you at your workplace of work or at school or, or wherever. You know, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, said this numerous times. He said, even the most holy child, saint of God, has found in their mind thoughts that were ugly. Thoughts that were repulsive and, and perverted. Why? He said uh, the enemy can bring thoughts to you from the outside. That doesn't mean you came up with them. But he said it's like this. You may not be able to prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. You may not prevent every thought from coming to you and trying to broach your mind. But you don't have to receive it. And think on it the rest of the day. You do, I do, we do have a choice as to what we think on. And this is one of the greatest truths we can get established in. Is that I don't have to think on anything I don't want to. This is very important truth to get a hold of. Because I don't know what the people have, I've talked to and they've cried And sobbed and said, I I try not to think about it. I I try not, but I just can't. That's a lie. That is a lie. No such thing as being unable to stop thinking about something. I'm pausing for effect. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, because I can just sense some people going, "Eh, I don't know about that. That's dangerous territory you're on. As long as you are unsettled about that. You are easy prey. For the enemy to just have a heyday. In your mind and in your life. Because if you can't help what you think on. You are helpless. You are a victim. And born again. Men and women of God are not victims. We are victors victors we are hyper nikes (laughs) now if you weren't here last week then you're not in the know verse 6 read it again to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. He's writing to saints. Why? We've been born again. Amen. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you and if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He had not been born again. But if Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. Amen. We are not dead. We are alive Thank you, Lord. inside. Thank you, Lord. Spiritually, we are alive. Thanks be unto God. Go to Philippians, the fourth chapter, please, if you are holding that place. We're going to see this from other places for more and more confirmed as we go through. But I think you already know this and believe this, that we are instructed in the scripture that there are certain things we are to think on, And there are other things we are not to think on. Should we obey these scriptures yes. when we're told, don't think on this? Amen. Do think on this. Now, would he have told us, don't think on this, do think on this, if we can't control what we think on? Would he have told us that? Or is he going to find out, you know, well, I know I wrote that, but you know, after looking at your case, <laughs> no. you really are a weak-minded individual and you just, and you can't help it Uh Yeah, you are an exception. I'm sorry. No, no, no child of God has to think on things they shouldn't. Your mind is your mind. And you can think on what you choose. Yeah. And you can refuse to think on. What you shouldn't think on. So everybody say it out loud. My mind, my, mind is my mind. Is my mind. I am in control. Am in control of, what of what I think on. I never have to. I never have to think, think on anything. I shouldn't think on. Nothing can force me to. Can force me to. My mind. It's my, it's my mind. I'm in control. I'm in control. With, God's help. With God's help. Of what I think. What I think. Praise God. Glory to God. Do you believe that? Yes. Choose to believe it. It'll protect you. So many of the people that are confined to mental institutions today. One of their biggest issues. Is they came to believe. They couldn't keep from thinking on it. And if you believe that. You can plunge off the deep end. Because it can just get worse and worse and worse. And people just quit resisting. And they just yield to these thoughts and feelings. And if you do, you can absolutely lose yourself. But they begin to go awry way back here. Sometimes years ago. They could have easily chosen not to think on that and all the hellish stuff they've been through would never have happened. Isn't it good to know that God didn't give you a spirit of fear? But He gave you a spirit of power and of love and a sound, sound mind. He actually gave you the very mind of the Christ, the anointed one. And his very peace. He said, My peace I give unto you. Didn't he say it? Yes. Said out loud, I've got his mind. I've got his, mind. I've, got his peace. I've got his peace. I want you to say something by faith, and I want you to say it with every fiber of your being. This is affecting your future right here tonight. Said out loud, I, I by, the grace of God, by the grace of God, will never lose my mind. I will never lose my mind. I will never, I will Go crazy. crazy. I will never. never Go insane. insane. I will never. never never My whole life long. long Lose my mind. mind. Never. 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 I will always have a sound mind. Sound mind. That's what the Lord gave me a sound mind. He's never going to take it back. I'm never going to turn loose of it. Hallelujah. People wind up in terrible shape because they turn loose of it. Because they think on things they should not. And then they get to the point where they become obsessed with that thinking. And they think about it night and day, night and day. And friend, that's dangerous. It's dangerous. That is how you lose your mind. Let me say it again. Some thoughts. Are deadly. Some thoughts are absolutely. Dangerous. They're they're poisonous. They're deadly. And we need to know enough. That when it comes across our mind. We don't play with it for a moment. We grab it. We throw it down. Sometimes you need to say it out loud. No. 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 I'm not thinking that. Much less doing it. No. No. That's not right. I'm not thinking on it. I'm not talking about it. And I'm never going to do it. And if you'll do that. Every time that comes up. You'll always be safe. You'll always will. But if you sit there. And you think about it for half the day. And, and then you start talking about it. And then it becomes an obsession of yours. And you just think and talk about it all the time. You're in trouble. You're going down a path of darkness. And it only gets darker and worse. Instead of that. You could be being transformed. (laughs) Just like that path leads to darkness. What if you thought what the Lord told you to think? And you thought it every morning and every afternoon and every night when you laid your head on the pillow. And you thought it and talked about it. And you meditated his word night and day. And it's in your mouth all the time. Then you would be changing. Only not bad. You would be changing, becoming more and more like Him. You'd get to where you think like Him. And you talk like Him. And you act like Him. And you literally have His mind. Glory to God. Member of the apostles and disciples that spent so much time with him, and even after he was gone, to sit down at the right hand of Majesty on high, and they saw the things that were going on in the apostles' ministry, and they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Why? Because they were talking just like him, and acting just like, and doing the same things he was doing. Is that our call? Yes. It is, but it won't happen just by saying I'm a believer. Hallelujah. How will we be transformed? Our minds have got to change. That's right. Our thinking has got to change. Because the truth is, there's entirely too much ungodly, worldly thinking in most Christians' minds. We must not assume that the bulk of our thinking that we got as a child or a teenager is godly. Just because we've thought like that all our life or just because our parents or our grandparents thought like that doesn't mean it's godly. Well, right. Or just because a lot of other people think that way doesn't mean it's right. I know uh when we first went to Rama Bible Training Center, we were just there for a few weeks. And in a time of prayer, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, uh, I don't mean to hurt a voice now. And, you know, he speaks to you the way you understand If he spoke to me in Hebrew, I wouldn't understand a word of it. (laughs) So he speaks to me in southern (laughs) drawl. And I get it. How many believe the Lord speaks Missourian? Arkansas? Huh? Texan? New England? He speaks it all. French? Yeah. And he spoke to my heart. He said, Keith, I want you to examine everything you believe. We're being immersed in teaching and preaching there in the Bible school, which was wonderful. And he said, "I, Keith, uh, I'm I'm instructing you, examine everything you believe and find it in the written word. I understood that was a directive. And so I began to do it. Every time I think about something I believed, I wouldn't just say, okay, that's good enough. I went to the book and I got my concordance out and I began to look for scriptures that say that. And sometimes I'd find them pretty quick and go, yeah, praise God. Yeah, there it is. But a number of times I couldn't find it. I looked and I looked and I looked high and low and I searched the concordances and I couldn't find one thing that said that. And the Lord had instructed me, if you can't find it in my word, you have no right to have that as a doctrine, as something you believe. That's right. And he helped me to see on some of these things through looking for them for months. Because some of them were pretty foundational to me and my family and where I came from. And, and I finally realized, that's not in the Bible. In fact, I found some scriptures that contradicted it. <laughs> and I realized, I heard somebody say that. I heard a preacher say that when I was a boy. Grandpa said that. Mama said that. Or our cousin said that. Or whatever. And sometimes you hear something several times, especially if you hear it in church with "Hallelujah" and "Amen" on one end of it. <laughs> then people tend to think, "Well, that's ooh, that's holy. That's the word." And it's so far from the word. Not the word. Can you see what the Lord was doing with me? What was He doing with me? Help me out. He was renewing my mind. I had. He knew much better than I did, I had a lot of stuff I needed to get out that I thought was right, I thought was Bible, I thought was God and he knew it wasn't and I'm not saying I've arrived there yet but should you be willing, should every believer be willing to examine critically, seriously everything that they believe and discipline themselves to find it in the word of God. In Philippians 4, notice this Philippians 4, and about verse 4. What did he say? You know, this is how the service started out. There may be a time that you mourn. You ought not mourn like the world, like those who have no hope. But mourning should not be the norm. You know, that should just be brief things here and there. But most of the time. You are to be bouncing. With a big old smile. And if you're not. Things are not right. Either you're not born again. Or you're not walking as a child of God. The Bible said awake. Thou that sleepest. And Christ will give you light. What will light do for you? Light will brighten you up. All this depression absolutely unnecessary that's right. and ungodly yes, well there are just so many problems in the world brother Keith and it just burdens me down that's religion ungodly religion do you think you're the Savior you think not enough's been done for their salvation You think you sorrowing and being a sad sack and raining on everybody's parade is going to put them closer to Jesus? No. The truth is, Jesus has already done everything that needs to be done for everybody to be saved. And yes, we ought to tell everybody we can and do everything we can to get that word out. But it's not going to cause them to want to come in if we're depressed all the time. There are a lot of folks who are not Christians, because they have relatives who are. And they think, hey, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Joe or Aunt Mildred or or my sister, then forget it. Why? Because they're always down and they're always judgmental and they're always finding fault and always pointing their bony fingers. (laughs) and self-righteous and all this other stuff and that never was God you know what salvation is salvation is everlasting life salvation is being washed from all your sins and being clean with no guilt and no shame and no condemnation Salvation is having the peace that passes understanding, having your body healed, having your needs met and your bills paid. Come on. Salvation is having the very wisdom of God coming up to your mind all the time and a quickening and a grace in life that makes you more than enough for every situation. And a glorious hope that in just a few more clicks, we're out of here going to glory. Now that's not sad sack and grouchy and woe is you. <laughs> Those are not the same thing. Philippians 4, you still there? Yes. I got stuck on that fourth verse. What does it say? Read it out loud. Rejoice! Rejoice. supposed to say it loud. Rejoice! 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 Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord every Sunday. No, no, always and again, I'm telling you, Rejoice. rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Verse five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. I have heard this scripture used for everything under the sun except what it said. You know, we're talking about some of this during the offering. I've heard it said, now, the Bible says, be moderate in all things. That's not what it said. That means not too big, not too little, not too nice, not too junky. Moderate, moderation in all things. That scripture does not say that. That's right. King James word moderation, you kind of have to look up. Anybody got another translation? Let me read some of them to you. Uh, I won't go through all the translations. One, tra- several translations say forbearance. Now that's a different meaning than moderation to us. How many of the language changes over the years? Forbearance. Another one says considerate, gentle, kind spirit. Yes, amen. Amen. Now that's a total different idea than don't get too nice now. <laughs> graciousness I like the weast along this line it says let your sweet reasonableness be known to all men that means you should be so nice and so easy to get along with what a different meeting look it up for yourself see how many know you shouldn't try to build doctrines on one verse or one word in one verse? The Bible said in two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, the enemy's always trying to get you to settle for mediocrity. And people try to use that verse to substantiate and say, yeah, now don't, don't get carried away. Don't get too nice. Don't get too big. Is there such a thing as the body of Christ getting too big in the earth? No. The work of God getting too big or reaching too big? Or is, there, is there such a thing as being too healed? No. no. Are too blessed? No. Huh? No. Are too excited about God? Or too much too much joy? Too much life? No. No. Now, now calm it down, brother. Moderation. No! No! No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I can show you a number of scriptures that talk about how excessive God is. He is the God who will absolutely run your cup over and spill it on the floor. And yet a lot of these preachers and these theologians leave the idea that God will kind of cover the bottom and go, No, we don't don't want to do too much. Don't want to do too much. God will pour out until it's running on the table, running down the floor, running out the door. And you'll go, God, it's running everywhere. You'll go, yeah, ain't it great? Ain't it great? Ain't it great? That is who he is. Do you understand how many fish there are in the sea? More fish than we will ever eat. You know how many bananas fall off uh, of the trees in the jungle and rot that the monkeys will never eat? God is the God of abundance. Not just enough super abundance way more than enough you know how many stars there are out there no you don't because there are so many moderation in all things (laughs) verse 6 be careful that means distracted and anxious for nothing why would you be full of care and distracted You'll see he's, he's beginning to get into this in detail. What would make you that way? Thinking on wrong thoughts. There are thoughts you can be happy and doing good. And there are thoughts that can come to you that if you'll receive them, you'll lose your joy. Just like that, you'll get upset. Your heart rate will come up. Your blood pressure will begin to come up just because that thought came to you. Of what may have happened or what might happen or what could happen or some terrible thing. And then there are other things. You can be going along not particularly happy or sad anything. But a thought can cross your mind and just make your day. I mean just the thought of it coming to you. Brightens your face. Makes you glad. Makes you happy. Makes you look forward to the rest of the day. Because you had a thought. He said don't be careful or full of care anxious about for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That doesn't always take all day to pray. So what do you do after you pray? The rest of the day. Well, a lot of you are sure on the right track. Verse verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall do what? Keep your hearts and your minds. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself just a little bit, but how would you know whether you're thinking on the right thing or the wrong thing? One of the biggest indicators is peace. The scripture said there is no peace to the wicked. Wicked means evil, bad wrong and there can't be any peace in a wrong thought but God's right thoughts are going to minister peace to you so one of the ways you can know and be sure that you're thinking about the right thing is you got peace if you have no peace you've lost your peace it's obvious you're thinking about the wrong thing and you need to stop it immediately Hold your place here and we'll look in Isaiah. They'll put it up on the screen for us. But Isaiah 26 and 3. Isaiah 26, 3. Hold your place in Philippians. Isaiah 26, 3. This is a very great scripture like they all are. If you don't have this one marked, if you don't know it, let me encourage you to meditate on this one some. He said, thou will keep him in perfect peace. Who's what? Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So what are you thinking about? You're thinking about what he said and how right it is and what he told you to do and how right that is and how faithful he is and how much you trust him. And if you think about that all the time, you will have actually the Hebrew here is literally... Peace, peace. A reiteration. You won't just have some peace, you'll have peace, peace. You will be mellow and happy and resting, content. What if you're all agitated, upset, angry, and mad? Hurt. And upset. Then you need to repent. Or I need to repent. Who, Whichever one of us it is. Why? Because you wouldn't be that way. Thinking on the right thing. Well friends don't let this be too simple for you tonight. If you receive this. And establish it in your heart. And live by it. It will protect you. Oh, it'll protect you from the wiles of the devil. Oh, you got to realize you'll be going along and you realize that you're anxious and annoyed about something and you get a hold of yourself immediately and go quit it, quit it. What are you thinking about? You don't need a special word. You don't need an hour of counseling. You know for you to be in that condition, you've been thinking on the wrong thing. That's right. You know it. Because if you had been keeping your mind stayed on him, That's right. How many know the Lord is not a liar? He's not going for If he said, if you do that, I will keep you in peace, peace, uh-huh. then he will. And if you're not in peace, peace, it's not because he forgot you and didn't do it. It's because you're not keeping your mind stayed on him. That's right, right. You're thinking about how bad it is. You're thinking about what they said and what they did and what they didn't do and what they ought to do and, and how bad you messed up and, and how bad the economy is and what they said, how many they're going to lay off and, and what this problem is and that problem. You're thinking about stuff you should not be thinking about. And if you cry and say, well, I, I tried to, but it's just so. No, quit being such a whiny baby and believe the Bible. And if the Lord told you, don't think about that, what are you going to do? No. You're going to get in his face and cry and act pitiful and go, I know you told me to, Lord, but I just can't. I just can't. You think he's going to change his eternal word no. for you? No. and pat you on the head and go, I know, I know, I know I said that, but just forget it. Because you're so pitiful, I just... No! Being pitiful... Doesn't move the Lord towards you. Faith! Faith! Causes Him to respond to you. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Listen to some other translations of this. The Young's literal translation, that's the man who wrote the concordance, you know. Certainly he knows something about this. He said, an imagination supported, you fortify, Peace. Peace. For in you. It is confident. That's literal. That's where all these other translations. Get theirs from. Verse. uh, Four. In the Young's literal. It says trust ye. In Jehovah. Forever. For in Yah. Jehovah. Is a rock. Of ages. And today's the first time I had really seen I think I'd caught a glimpse of it in times past, but maybe I let it slip from me or something. Listen to this, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, let me not move too quick, I'll we'll get there eventually. The Amplified says this is uh verse three You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character. See, not only have we thought about what he told us to, but our inclination is to think about him. I mean, we're ready to think about him before we think about it. We're just ready to think about him. And we're ready to be happy about whatever he's going to say. Because we know it's good. Before we hear it. And whatever he tells us to do, we're inclined to hear it. And ready to hear it. Numerous scriptures talk about a ready mind. That readiness is a mindset. Have you ever come across folks that did not have a ready mind? It took an hour talking to them for them to even decide they might want to hear something. Obstinate mind. That's not what you want. You'll guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Verse 4, so trust in the Lord, commit yourself to him, lean on him, hope confident in him forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. And this is the connection that I was talking about. The New Living Translation in verse 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And finally, the God's Word Translation. Their thoughts are fixed on you. Can you fix your thoughts on God? Can you fix your thoughts on a problem? Can you fix your thoughts on a symptom? Can you fix your thoughts on something ugly somebody did to you or or said to you? And can that ruin your day? Can you be bopping along, happy, everything going good, and then hear about something ugly that somebody said or did towards you? And can you lose your joy and lose your peace and get mad and get upset? And whose fault is that? Yours. Yours. (laughs) Yeah, but they did did not make you lose your joy. They don't have the power. To forcibly rip your peace away from you. Right. Yeah but they did. Yeah but that's not what stole your peace. That's right. I don't care what they did. That's not what stole your joy and peace. Your incorrect response. To what they said and did. Was why you lost your joy and your peace. Because you could have kept it. You could have heard what they said. Heard what they did. It rubbed you the wrong way. You didn't like it. But before it ever started taking you down, you grabbed a hold of that thought and you said, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I've got too much to be happy and thankful about. I am not going to let this get me down. And you throw it down. That's what the Bible said. Cast it down. Cast it down and set your mind on him. And if you'll do that, he will keep you. How many like the sound of that? God said He would keep you in peace, peace. But now, is that all up to Him? Tell me what your part is. What is your part? You got to keep your mind stayed on Him. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that that's the easiest thing you ever did. <laughs> I was ministering to a lady. Oh, this has been a number of years ago. She'd been in and out of mental institutions for years and just had been through some terrible, terrible stuff. And uh, I was endeavoring to help her minister to her. She'd come for help and uh, wanted prayer. And I felt prompted to the Lord to take her to Joshua 1. We can put it up on the screen, Joshua 1, 8. Anybody know what it says? Joshua 1:8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous, you'll have good success. What's the key to having good success? Book of the law, not depart out of your mouth. Now, all they had back then was the law. Now we got the law, the prophets, we got the New Testament, we got the whole Word of God but it's not supposed to stop coming out of your mouth and you're supposed to meditate in it day and night. And I began to talk to her some about meditating in it day and night. And she just interrupted me. She said, you can't do that. She just said what a lot of other people thought. You can't, you can't think about the things of God day and night. And I said, well, you reckon he didn't know that? What did he say? What did he tell you to do? Meditate in it day and night. You Did he or did he not know what we could do and couldn't do? And while I was trying to be kind and share with her, because she's kind of wanting to get aggravated about it, the Lord helped me to see something. I said, Sister, no, listen, don't get upset, listen. It's not a matter of whether or not you can meditate on something day and night. You already are. You're already thinking on something day and night he's just telling you think on what I told you day and night I said you're already thinking on something meditating on something day and night and it's obviously been the wrong thing because it's put you in the institution and what he's saying is quit thinking that and think on what I told you and Romans says it'll be life to you and peace to you Somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. Now back to Isaiah 26, 3. This is what I was endeavoring to get to a moment ago. God's word translation. I saw this clearer than I'd seen it before today. He said with perfect peace. Does that sound? Come on, close your eyes. Think about that word. Does that sound good? Yes. We're not talking about just a little touch of peace. You know, the word perfect again and again, means complete, full. He's talking about complete peace, full peace. You will protect those whose minds cannot be changed. Whose minds cannot be changed. Because they trust in you. How does that translate Hebrew that says, mind stayed? It does. It brings out another aspect of it. If your mind is stayed. Then it's not changed. Those whose minds cannot be changed. Because they trust in you. Verse 4. Trust in the Lord always. Because the Lord. The Lord alone. Is an everlasting rock. And the basic. The BBE. Of verse 4. It says, let your hope be in the Lord forever, for the Lord, Yah, is an unchanging rock. Come on, do you see the connection? If you're standing on the unchanging rock, your mind shouldn't change. He doesn't change, so you shouldn't change. What he said doesn't change, so your mind shouldn't change. Redemptive reality is not going to change, so your thinking shouldn't change. And there will be tests and trials and thoughts and feelings aplenty to try to get you to change your mind. But you are to make up your mind that no. It is written by his stripes I was healed. And that's what it read a hundred years ago. That's what it will read a hundred years from now. And so that's what I'm going to think about. It is written with long life. He'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Now you can think about that and get happy. Or you can think about how you feel. And you can think about a bad report. And you can think about what happened to this one. Or what didn't happen to that one. And how could you tell that you're thinking on the wrong thing? By what it's doing to you. It's not difficult. This is so important. How can you tell that you are thinking on the wrong thing? No peace. Among other things, what is it doing to you? Look at the effect. If you are just gritting your teeth, if you're crying your eyes out, if you feel terrible, whose fault is it? Yours. Yours. (laughs) Now, this is not popular everywhere, this message, because a whole lot of people prefer what I call no fault. Religion. And that means they want to go somewhere. Where their preachers will tell them. No matter what happens. It's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And no matter what doesn't happen. It's not your fault. The main thing to know. Life's going to be terrible. It's going to be hard. But the main thing to know. It's not your fault. (laughs) You're laughing. But that is a central message. In churches all over the world. The problem with it. You stay defeated. You don't get your prayers answered. You don't get what you need. I like this. I said I like this. Thou will keep him. Keep him. Keep him. I like being kept. Keep him. In perfect. Total. Full. Complete peace. 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 Why? Because his mind stayed. Somebody say stayed. Stayed Stayed and won't change off of him. On me. Because, what's he thinking about? He trusts in me. In order to be victorious, in order to grow up, in order to get free from the yo yo, up, down, emotional upheaval so many people live their whole life in. In order to get out of that and rise above that you've got to become disciplined in your mind. You've got to get a hold of yourself about what you let yourself think and what you won't allow yourself to think. So many times when it comes to loved ones leaving, dying, going home to be with the Lord. The Lord showed me this back years ago with my my granddad and grandma and my, my father and different ones. I know one day I was feeling a little bit down. One of them had just, one of my loved ones just went home to be with the Lord. The Lord arrested me because he knew I knew what I'm telling you. <laughs> and he said, Keith, you know better. I thought, yeah, I do, but I'm not figuring it out quite this minute and he helped me to say I don't mean to heard a voice but he said Keith there is no future in that path in that path of thinking there is nothing but pain in it so why go down that path why let your mind go down that path he said if you do you think about this and could have been this and could have had that and wanted to do this, wanted to do that and won't be able to do this. And that. He said, you keep thinking about that, your emotions will get stronger and stronger and the heaviness will get stronger. You'll cry, you'll feel bad. And when you get through, what will you have benefited? What will it have helped you? Where will you be? They will still be with me. And you're still not going to see them again till you come to be with me or I come get you. What's it going to change? What's it going to help? He said, there is no merit in going down that road. There's no benefit at all. Only darkness and pain to let yourself think about that. Because, do you know what I mean by a path? Yes. Yes, sir. You start thinking on something, you don't just stay there, other thoughts come. And it takes you down a path, a vein of thought, if you will. And the Lord was telling me, Keith, there's nothing but pain in that vein of thought. Now, if you know that, why go down it? And what you should do, and the Lord helped me that particular day, get a hold of yourself. And say, quit that, boy. You know better than that. Don't think on that. He began to ask me, he said, are you unthankful? No, sir, I don't want to be unthankful. He said, do you know how much time you had with them? All the things you got to do with them? Do you know how many people don't even know their granddad or they didn't even know their father or they almost wish they didn't know him? They didn't have a good one. And the rich times you had and all the, do you know how many hours you enjoyed with them? I didn't. I took out a calculator. It was a huge number. He said, are you unthankful? I said, no, sir, I'm not. He said, besides that boy, mm-hmm. like I said, he talks to you the way you understand. Yeah. And I needed a boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> he said, besides that boy, your daddy, your grandpa, whoever it was you're talking about, they're not just in your past. They're in your future. Now let you start, when that thought came to me, it just picked me up just like that. Just pick me right up. I thought that's right. What am I doing? Why sit here and mope and sorrow like those who have no hope? I have hope. A certain sure hope. I know the truth. And this is the truth. They're not just in my past. They're not gone forever. We didn't lose them forever. They're not lost. They're saved. We know where they are. And they're not just in our past. They're in our future. And that is a good thought. And that thought ministers life to you. And it ministers peace. Can you see that? It ministers peace and life and strength to you. So go down that vein of thought. When the other comes to you, slam the door. And go, no, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to do it. You've got to be disciplined. Because these feelings are real. And they can be powerful. And these thoughts are real and they can be powerful. And you can be very tempted to lay down in the bed and cry your little eyes and wallow in it. But friend, there's nothing but pain in it. Nothing but pain. And you can try to blame everybody for it, but it's your fault. Because you didn't have to do it. You could have dried your eyes. You could have stood up. You could have been strong. You could have started thinking about something else. You could have got your mind off yourself and started trying to help somebody else some of the best therapy in the world They just don't get any better than that and would not have had to endure all those long lonely times and sorrow and hurt and pain sorrow of mind is in Deuteronomy 28 as part of the curse of the law anybody know what the good news on that is according to Galatians 3 13 we've been redeemed from the curse to the law that means we don't have to have it we don't have to go through it somebody say glory to God, glory to God. Philippians 4 are you there yes, sir. I think maybe we, we camp on this a bit we can close said out loud he will keep me,
1: he will keep me
0: in, perfect peace
1: in perfect peace if,
0: peace. if I, keep I keep my mind stayed on him Thank you, Lord. Can you do it? Is it possible for you to do that? Yes, Yes, it is. It's your choice. It's my choice. Philippians 4 and verse 5. We had read this. Be careful, distracted, anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren. Does all this go together? He gives you a list. And this is a I'm a pilot, so we're big on checklists. Because there are so many things that you try to just remember everything, you can miss something. And so when the Lord gives you a list, (laughs) should you go by the list? Hmm? So I encourage you. Make you a checklist. For your mind. The Lord has given us a checklist. For the mind. We get up in the morning. We start about our day. And here comes this thought. Now we should have learned at least enough by now. To know that we should not throw both doors open. And just let any thought come and move in. We should ask some questions. Where did this thought come from? Is this. A God-approved thought. (laughs) Has this thought passed the rigorous testing of the Most High? Is it a Word thought? Is it a God thought? Is it a faith thought? And to help us along with this, the Lord has given us the checklist. (laughs) Can you see? He started out by saying, Rejoice! Rejoice! That gets you on the right channel. Yes, it will. <laughs> Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit being down, because God's thoughts are life, Amen. not death. Amen. So this already gets you in the right, down the right vein. And then He says, and don't be full of care. Don't, don't fret. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. Pray about it. And ask the Lord what you need to ask him. And and pray about it. And then when you do. And you give thanks. The peace of God. Will come in. The peace of God. That passes understanding. Is going to keep your heart and mind. And now when he says finally. He's telling you. How to hold on to the peace. How to keep the peace. That you got. When you quit worrying and you prayed and believed God and his peace came into you. Now you need to keep that peace the rest of the day and the rest of the night. This is another way of saying thou keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. But here he gives us New Testament detail of how to keep our mind stayed. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Everybody say true. Whatsoever things are honest. Honest. Whatsoever things are just. Just means fair and right. Whatsoever things are pure. Pure means clean. Whatsoever things are lovely. Lovely means pleasing, agreeable. One translation is friendly. Friendly thought. Whatsoever things are of good report. Somebody say good report. report. If there be any virtue. Now that word means excellence. Excellence. If there be any praise. That means it's worth praising. It's commendable and praise worthy. What do you say? What do you say? Think on anything you want to. Think on whatever comes across your mind. No. No. Think on these things these things say that loud think on, these things. think on these things if the New Testament tells us think on these things should we at least have an idea of what things he told us to think on let's go through our checklist what things should we think on go back up to the top huh what's the opposite of true false. is it okay to think on false things No. no not on a checklist. Right. <laughs> not God approved. False okay. deception is not God approved thoughts. So you can't think of them. Right. What else? Honest. Honest. Does dishonest thought ever come across your mind? Oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I just don't know if they can handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love them too much to tell them the truth. Oh. The Lord never told you you had any other option. And as sure as you do, you can think, well, maybe we won't tell them that. We'll tell them this. Now, what are you doing? What are you doing? You are, you have opened yourself up for the father of lies to come show you how to lie to them. Is that going to make you feel good? Is that going to give you any peace? No. You're going to get nervous. You're going to get jumpy. And then if you tell one, it's going to take three more to cover it up and, and brace it up. And now you're wondering when that one's going to come out and if anybody's going to find that. And you've lost your peace. And you become suspicious of everybody. Do they already know? you got no peace. got no joy. Why? Because you didn't do the checklist. <laughs> when that dishonest thought came up, You should not have entertained it for 30 seconds. It's not on the checklist. Has to be honest or I can't think it. you think you're too good to think that? The Lord obviously thinks I am. And you are because he told us. We've all made mistakes in the past, but is it possible for us to get a hold of this and get changes in our life and be transformed? That's right. You think if you never let yourself think on a lie, you never let yourself think on a dishonest thing, would that make you a different person? Would that change the way you Yes, it would change you. Keep reading. Whatever things are just, now that means fair. What if you went around half the day going, no, that's just not fair? That just ain't that ain't right. You supposed to go around thinking about it, it ain't right? That's not on the checklist. You're told not to think on that. You're told to think on what is right, fair, just. That just ain't right. And see people they'll pray half the night. God that ain't right. God that ain't right like he didn't know. God that ain't right. Oh God you know it ain't right. You know. Oh God. you Well listen to yourself. Does he know? Then why you got to tell him another three hours? Oh God you know yeah he also knows he told you not to think on that which is why people pray and pray and fast and fast and can't seem to get the victory you can't ignore the word and get results what else can you think on pure pure means clean if it's not clean what do we do Hold your place here, go to 2 Corinthians, 10th chapter. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we're in this body, we're in the world, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Let me just stop right there. Warring in the flesh. You can yell. You can scream, you can cry, you can screech. But if you don't quit thinking on it, you're going to continue to be tormented. Oh God, please make me quit thinking on it. No, that's not okay. He didn't tell you to get him to make you quit. Say it again. My mind mind is my mind. mind. I am in control control of of what I think. I don't have to think. Anything I, don't want to think. anything I don't want to think. I choose, I choose to think on what I will. My mind is my mind. I'm in control. I'm in control. Amen. Don't believe anything else. Well, I just want to give my mind to the Lord and let him take it over. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. He told you to do something with your mind. Yeah, right. You can't just give it to him. Remember, we just got through reading Philippians. He said, think on these things. Uh, not, don't think. Lord, think for me. He told you to think. Right, right. Right. That's a whole message within itself. Think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't want to think. I'm just tired of thinking. Well, be tormented. <laughs> Say it again. My mind It's my mind. Is my mind. Is my mind. I, can think I can think what I choose to think. I,
1: choose to
0: think. I never think. I have, to think have to think on any wrong thought. On any wrong thought. My, mind my, mind my mind is my mind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's my mind. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's the word ballo, It means throw it. Throw it like a ball. Throw it. <clears throat> What are you throwing? A thought. Can you grab a thought and throw it? Obviously you can. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that's contrary to that checklist. And bringing into captivity. What? Every thought. You need to be a thought catcher you need to be ready with your hat on and your gun and your net you are a thought catcher you'll catch them dudes before they get one foot through the door good right I taught on this some years ago and brother came to me after the service he said I got it brother Keith I got it I said what he said every mind needs a bouncer at the door (laughs) I he'd spend a lot of time in clubs, but <laughs> that is the truth. Every mind needs a bouncer at the door because thoughts will come to you and they'll knock on the door and they'll go, let me in. And if you're foolish, you'll just leave the door open and just... Let anything come in and think whatever crosses your mind and just yield any feeling and any imagination and you'll fantasize about this and you'll let your mind wander all over here. Wander all, over, And then wonder why you're so unhappy. Why your life is such a mess. It's because you're loose with your mind. Do you know you're not supposed to just embrace every thought and just let every thought that would come by penetrate your mind and come into you? You need to look through the peephole at the door That's right. and go, who are you? <laughs> this is a very selective club. Very, very elite. Not just anybody can get in here. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Who are you? And then you need to hold up the checklist. Right? <laughs> Hold up the checklist and go. I'm sorry, you're not on the list. You're not. You're not on the list. So no, you can't come in. And if they come back, knock on the door to try to get in your mind another 45 times a day, what do you do? You're still not on the list. They're not going to be on the list. So they don't get in. You don't think about them. What does it say? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Say out loud. Casting down. Casting down. Imaginations. Imagination. Bringing into captivity every thought every thought every thought to the obedience, to the obedience of, Christ. of Christ. If it is not a Christ approved word approved in agreement with redemption faith joy life come on go back to your list go back to your list go back to if it's not in agreement with that if it is not one of those kind of thoughts it doesn't get in your mind and friend if we would do this if we would actually do this we would never have another down day I didn't say you'd never have any tests or trials or temptations but you would never choose to yield to it and get depressed. The Lord would always no matter what happened he would always give you life and joy and peace and victory. Amen. And he would keep you.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you Lord.
0: In peace, peace. Total peace, the peace that passes understanding. And this is what every psychiatrist and psychologist is looking for. This is what every drug maker, cure for depression, anxiety, this is what everybody's looking for. And it's been here all the time. Right. Yeah. The problem is people would rather take a pill than control their mind. Uh-huh. And it might put you in a zombie-like state, but it ain't going to fix you. That's right. And if you ever get clear-headed again, your problem will still be there. No, this is the answer. This is the answer. This is the way. Get your checklist out. Help me out. Let's finish this up. Get your checklist. Checklist. Here's a thought has come to your mind. It says, think about this. You just let it in. No, you got some questions. Is this thought a true thought? If not, bounce it. Is this thought an honest thought? Well, there's just so much dishonesty in the world and there's just so much much of the church world spends most of their time talking about how bad things are and they think that's spiritual mm mm it's just the biggest mess biggest lioness corrupt bunch of folk did the Lord tell you you could think about that? about how bad they are and all the shenanigans they've pulled off and how deceptive and how tricky and you can talk about that and dwell on that through supper and and riding in the car. He told you not to. Whatever things are, honest. Whatever things are, just. Well, that's just so unfair. Well, quit thinking about it. If you know it's unfair, that's something you're not supposed to think about knowing it hearing it, knowing it, being aware of it is not the same thing as meditating on it the rest of the day if I hear something I want to help but I have found out worrying about it doesn't help and hearing somebody go through hash and rehash the details with me for three hours is not going to help he told me and you don't think about that didn't he? I like Brother Jesse to plan this counseling directive. He said, I'm not a pastor. He said, you don't want me counseling. He said, this is how I counsel. Admit it. Quit it. Forget it. Let's go. What's the problem? <laughs> Let's try that out. Admit it. it. Quit, it quit it. Forget it. Forget it. That's actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, that means clean. What if it's unclean? Oh, did you hear about did you hear about that nasty, perverted stuff? No and don't want to. It's just awful. We'll quit thinking about it. I just can't it just stuck in my mind and so, no, you want to think about it. That's why you've been thinking about it the last three days. You want to think about it. Oh no, no. I, yeah, yeah. Or else why you to quit? I'm just thinking about how bad everything's so messed up, and people have gotten so far off, and they just man, that ain't spiritual. That's being undisciplined. That's ignoring the word. I need to take you to another scripture. Can you help it? Yeah. Receive it? As maybe you can't help it, I'm doing it, but <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians he, hold your place in Philippians, but Ephesians five. I guess I'm giving you both barrels tonight, yeah. man. I, we're not holding anything back. <laughs> in uh, Ephesians five. Verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to what? Even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. The scripture tell us don't talk about the perverted stuff they do. Don't talk about it. What benefit? You know, a lot of things people didn't know. They weren't aware of it. They weren't even thinking about it till you brought it up and told them. Now they got that in their mind the rest of the day. Just perverted stuff. They'd have been better off not meeting you right then. Well, it's just so bad. Well, quit thinking about it. It's just stuck in my head. Because you let it be. You choose to. No, whatever things are clean. What if you just think about clean things, only clean things? Unclean stuff comes, you go, no, you don't. No, you don't. You grab it, you throw it down. And you just think about clean. When you think about clean, it makes you smile. You go, oh, that's nice. Clean. True. Honest. Just. Pure. Keep reading. What else is on the list? Lovely. Isn't that lovely? Now that's a lovely thought. Mm -mm. What's the opposite of lovely? Ugly thought. Don't open the door look through the keyhole and go, whoo, that's an ugly thought. No. No, I don't let any ugly thoughts. I told you this is an elite club. No ugly thoughts in my club. (laughs) whatever things are of a good report what's opposite of a good report okay you hear a bad report that doesn't mean that you can never hear one but you heard it now you heard it now what do you do you don't think about it the rest of the day and you don't lay there in bed and think about the bad report and lose sleep what do you think about it Are there any good reports in this book? Could you find one of them to think on instead of the bad report? You're not denying that the report was bad. You just don't have to think about it. Well, if this don't change, then this is going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you're going to lose that. And that's all going to go. Thank you for the report. Understand. And in your mind, you're thinking, I got to get out of here and get something else on my mind pronto because if I dwell on that it will minister death to me and how could you tell if you were thinking on the wrong thing help me out how could you tell no peace what's it doing to you what's it doing to you lovely good report virtuous excellent what's the opposite of excellent Shoddy, second-rate, yeah. junk. No, not thinking about all that. Think about excellence. If there be any praise, if it's worth praising, what if it's not worth praising? Don't think about it. If it ain't worth praising, it ain't worth thinking about. Yeah. Think on these things. Finally, go to Colossians. Third chapter. Colossians chapter 3. And 15, he said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. See, this peace and this thankfulness goes together, doesn't it? We saw don't worry about it, but pray about it and thank God and keep the right thing on your mind. You'll stay in peace. Peace and thanksgiving. Peace and thanksgiving. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To the which you are called in one body. Be thankful. And let the word of Christ. Which contain his thoughts. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Does that sound like being depressed? Sound like being upset? No, can you choose to do this in every season, in every circumstance, in every situation? Can you choose to do this? You can. Listen to the Amplified on verse 15. The Amplified. Let the peace from Christ rule. Let it act as umpire Continually, man. That's exactly in line with the other passages that we've seen. Here comes a thought. Did it minister peace to you? No. You're out of here. Out of here. Bust that thing right out of there. No, I'm throwing you out of the game. Come in here, try to upset me. Not only I'm not going to think about you. I am throwing you out. Let that peace rule. Let that peace act as umpire continually in your hearts. Deciding and settling with finality. All questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state in which as members of Christ, one body, you're called to live and be thankful. Hallelujah. Giving praise to God always. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise you, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let's lift up our hands. Let's get our minds on Him right now. Let's set our minds and hearts on Him, toward Him, in Him.